Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Just fighting down, baby. Per capita export value. Library. Minister, are you embarrassed by your behavior today? There's a lot of bleeding hearts around. Do you have the fortitude or the gonads to stand up and come across here and say that to me, you son of a bitch? Just watch me. He certainly went too far, Mr. Speaker, when he st- I saw him stick his tongue out. Contemptuous disregard. More than a slab of bacon talking here. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. I lost my temper. What is the nature of your thoughts? The word was F A R T. Hello and welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring. My name is Reese and with me is Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hello, Reese. How are you doing? And this is a special episode because uh, we are being joined by a uh, journalist, although I, I did describe you as a serious journalist and you laughed at me, James <laughs> DeFall from, from Blackball Media. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Reese. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm doing great. Uh, we're going to introduce the show like we always do with a little delicious Jesse's, asmr just just to apologize james jesse loves doing asmr um and insists on I'd doing it so nine, get out of the system I'd say about 95 percent of our listeners hate it but five percent just really can't get enough james if yeah. you could join me find a find a can or some paper or something crink something that has a delightful tactile touch and then crank up your microphone there we go yeah yeah here just listen to me first i'm going to crank up my mic and okay. not talk because it'll be loud Oh, oh that, that was actually quite a satisfying sound, Jesse. 
I can't beat that because mine doesn't fizz, but I can go. You just shake the water. Just <laughs> goggle it. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was James opening a water bottle. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on that ASMR journey, James. It was great. It was a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> you've, now been, you've now been in, uh, what's is that? Is that uh, the hazed? inducted? Hazed. <laughs> light hazing. Uh, James, how would you describe yourself? I, I said serious journalist, but you, you, you pushed back on that earlier. So how would you describe yourself? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do. I'm a podcast host. Um, and then I, I kind of uh, landed in a niche or two while doing the show, and and now I'm writing a book um, oh, uh, about the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. But I, I just I think I used to be a freelance journalist. I think now I'm more of an interviewer who finds himself, you know, in, inside certain stories here and there. And, and I started investigating, uh, you know, the church that I'm uh, writing a book about right now. But most of mo- mostly what I like to do is just interview people. I interview people from like all sides of the political spectrum, rappers comedians things like that so i would say more of an interviewer now cool that's awesome yeah very cool man are we gonna I, skip the std zone reese <laughs> oh well we don't we don't normally do with guests so we, we have a thing called the small talk dimension which we call the std so we should really just share a story from our lives your acronym game is, is on fire yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we know we, we can do i i was um uh, if you want to jesse do you have any interesting stories that have nothing to do with the content I'm back in Halifax now, and I've just been kind of really I've taken my my laissez-faire sort of hippie uh, bohemian lifestyle from Montreal with me, and I just I kind of I go to cafes and I get like you know an annoyingly complicated order like a decaf oat milk latte for here, please, with a slush of cinnamon, and I just sit and read my Kindle like uh, like a big fat jerk and just enjoy. The day and it's been lovely. It's been lovely being back so far. I got to tell you. So that's my that's my great small talk. Please be back in Halifax. Yeah, great. You should you should write to the mayor because he's looking for people. <laughs> <laughs> looking for people for what? Just to, to be in Halifax? People who are happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for people that are happy. Uh, James, James, what have you been up to today? James, have you got anything exciting? I, I, I don't. I don't have a driver's license or or a car, and I live in the middle of nowhere and my house is situated in a forest so i do the same thing every day which is nothing <laughs> i just stay at home and i write and i eat where, and I where do you live i live in a little town called killaloo which is in the matawaska valley in uh, it's about 30 kilometers uh east of the eastern gates of algonquin park wow what province is that that is ontario it's yeah. Ontario. Okay. I didn't just like throw a dart and, uh, <laughs> and, and and move to where I. It sounds like I did, but my ex. I did. My ex is from. <laughs> yeah, you landed on Canada. Your ex is from here, so you moved for your ex. <laughs> I moved because my ex wanted to move here, so I was like, "Yes." Were you together when you moved? Yes. Yeah, that okay, was 2016. So- this is this is a theory of mine that uh, if you move for a significant other, one hundred percent of the time it will that very quickly stop and fall apart, and you'll be single very shortly. Soon, no, afterwards. six years is very quickly, but yeah. It's, uh, oh, it's been oh, it's recent then. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jesse, this is not like a new wounds shit, man. This, some, this sounds like more of an STD so. conversation. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, was that the small talk diaries? I'm trying to think how I can have what stories I've got. Um, oh, I got some great news. Uh, me and my wife have completed all of our Christmas shopping by Damn. November the 15th. Amazing. I have yet to do any. Fuck, but I do you do have your Christmas tree up like I do? No. No, and we always we always go and cut one down, throw it in the back of the truck as a James, oh, that's a, I, tradition. I have a I have a request, James. Yeah, please. Can you turn on the Christmas tree? I can't because I don't put the lights on yet because I have a fucking cat that now lives <laughs> in the tree, <laughs> and I'm afraid he's gonna bite yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, wires. You know, so <laughs> literally it looks dilapidated. I don't know if you can tell, but all this all the shit is all over the place, and there's like ornaments all over the house now because when I wake up, I'm just like, what are you? Doing and it's, it's I wasn't like, going to say anything. I was just going to keep uh, to myself. But okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah we're not blind. Sure. You know, we just can't figure out how yeah, yeah. to make the cat not go in the tree. Right? <laughs> so we're here to talk about your investigation in your book for the about the Plymouth Brethren. So, mm. Jesse, have you heard of them before? Nothing. I have no idea what I'm doing here today, or who James <laughs> is, or anything. Like, what a coincidence. We have no idea what you're doing here. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. And as the reviews tell me, I shouldn't be here at all. <laughs> Jesse, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you later, Jesse. <laughs> so first time I heard of them was when I was back in the UK, my wife oh, was... Sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Heard of what's the name again? The Plymouth Brethren. Bre uh, the Plymouth Brethren. Sorry. The Plymouth Breth Breth the Plymouth the Plymouth Brethren. Is the that Plymouth Christian Brethren. Church? Yeah, exactly. The, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. <laughs> so I heard them because my wife was actually teaching a kid who was that was his religion, I guess. So he was his family were from um, the Plymouth Brethren and. Um, uh, it was the same as when uh, you teach like a kid who was like a, a Jehovah's Witness, I guess. They weren't allowed to go to certain things in the school. And like, that's the only reason I'd ever heard of it. But then um, when I listened to your podcast, James, I I was... So you're the one. Uh, who's was me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I listened to the end as well. You'd be pleased to know. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Um, so the, the um, when I listened to it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is!" I didn't realize. I thought it was kind of a harmless, you know, kind of slightly, you know, it, it existed, and I kind of didn't quite get why people were in it. But it was just kind of the day. But the the more you talked about it, the more it was like, "Oh wow, this is a, a kind of a almost like a, a cult that is structured similar to Scientology that." Is and is also very close, very close to very powerful conservative figures in Canada, and has a lot of influence in Canadian politics. That in a way that is almost totally invisible. Um, is that accurate? <laughs> I would say that's accurate. I, I would say it's. Uh, um, first of all, you're born into this cult. You know, you don't get tapped on the shoulder on the on the shoulder and then get invited in. You are literally born into it. There's oh, wow. fifty five thousand members, roughly worldwide, mostly the Commonwealth countries, uh, New Zealand, Australia, UK, Canada are, are the big ones. And yeah, they have uh, connections into politics that are almost inexplicable. Like you don't know where the uh, the contacts really come from, but uh, strangely, all of these. Uh, uh, politicians especially conservative politicians reward plymouth brethren owned companies because they have an entire like um what would you call it network of companies that are owned by the church uh receiving sole source contracts worth billions of dollars like for the pandemic for example i think it was like uh 
12 billion we'll do it in canadian dollars uh worldwide contracts for ppe during the pandemic even though none of these companies have ever done any ppe work what before. is P- ppe work like face masks like personal protection yeah. yeah personal protection work yeah you, oh, you, you, yeah, you know, like, like in the pandemic people were buying gloves and face masks and testers yeah. and things like that, like and all, everything, and and they just received all these sole source contracts without actually having any experience in the that church market. Was was commissioned to make the church stuff? the companies that the, the companies that the church owns. So so the Plymouth Brethren have uh, what's called the UBT. I don't remember what that acronym stands for. We could help them. That 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 recommends all of that. Sorry, that represents all of the companies that the Plymouth Brethren owns in all these different countries. And uh, so they really are kind of uh, a corporate religious, you know, outfit. And, um, and they're really about money. Bruce Hales, uh, who is the leader of this cult, lives in Australia, worth billions of dollars. It used to be, he was like Tony Soprano, like or whoever was the leader was like Tony Soprano. And all of these different countries, all of these families once a month would go to these meetings and put like 20% or whatever the tithing was of their pay in cash, in envelopes, and, and hand it into whoever was the elder in that locality. And then that money would be sent to wherever the leader happened to live, in this case, Bruce Hales. And he would just like, you know, receive like Tony Soprano, just envelopes of cash and all these different currencies. All these different people would fly to Australia with like whatever the number is before you have to declare it. They'd all have like $9,900 or whatever in their envelopes. And there'd be like 11 or 12 of them on the flight, you know, and he would receive money like that. Now it's a little bit more sophisticated. They receive it in digital dollars. So it's like a multi-level marketing scheme that you're born into. It's more like a tithing. It's not really multi-level marketing because it's really just, you know, you just have to give the money away. It's not like you get anything oh, out right. of it. Yeah. Like, well, you don't get hair products or anything. I guess. Yeah. Just your soul There's, being no, there's no Amway soap or nothing. What is life like if you're in the cult? Like, how normal is your life in terms of... I like computer. that we're skipping straight from church to cult. I love that. That's Because that's what it is. Oh, that's, it's, yeah, it's definitely that's, a cult. For sure. Um, <laughs> I call it the Plymouth Brethren crazy cult normally when I'm on my show whatever but <laughs> you know what if you're a woman is awful uh women are, are, are definitely second class citizens um you cannot uh it, when they go to their meetings you cannot like their meetings their meeting halls are situated in such where uh you know there's like a round sort of like couple of rows of of seats for the men and then literally the, the women get the bleachers <laughs> they're not allowed to talk unless oh you know, they, unless they get special permission <laughs> you know they were they wear bonnets, you know, like uh, they have kids and they clean and they cook and that's what they do. Um, very, very, and the men like drink. 1950s traditional North American yeah. sort of housewife like, mentality. It's kind of like, it's, it's sort of like that. It's almost Amish in a way, you know, like it's just, you can't do nothing. You can wear bonnets, you can wear long skirts. No you know, skin. You literally have to ask men permission to do anything. Wow. Yeah. You're like, you know, calm, like if anyone shows their ankles, people like faint, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always drunk so like check out the ankles on, yeah. you know whatever. <laughs> they drink like crazy oh you're, you're like, not they, kidding they, they're actually always drunk holy shit they the johnny walker is like their long lost cousin like they they literally do they you make know, their own you booze can, or no they they like johnny walker oh, oh wow okay you, you you can listen to bruce hales give like an audio sermon 
and you can hear like the ice cubes oh, wow. <laughs> Scotch as he drinks. So they look it's they literally like drinking is like a big part of their culture then. It's like it's like it is a huge part of their culture. It's 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 one of those things. And uh and also there's a there's a darkness to it though, because um, there usually isn't you know, that much booze. <laughs> well abuse abuse is like look <clears throat> abuse uh, you know, of kids. Mm-hmm. Is covered up. Uh, abuse of women is to- of women um, is tolerated. Uh, you know, and, and then there's then uh, th- this is the real parallel with Scientology. When you get excommunicated, they they destroy you. With Scientology, yeah, and, yeah, and they they completely. It's called the doctrine of separation. Where if you're if so so say uh, if you're a dad and you got a wife and five kids or something. And this was in the case of Richard Marsh, who was one of the main guys that I actually uh, cover that uh, that was once part of the of the cult. If you leave, you cannot contact your family ever again. And and the, here's the weird part. You mean is that if the you family, leave, your family doesn't. Correct. And if the family and the, the, but what makes it easy for for you never to see them again is that the family is like, oh, you're part of Satan now. We don't want to see you. Oh, okay. So it's not that they stop you from seeing your family. They brainwash. Oh, they do that too. How? Yeah. Well, they, they know. So the people that are excommunicated know that if they then reach out to try to like maintain lines of communication with their family that remains, then the church will punish that family. Uh, So they they can't because they're like, oh my God, if I do that, they're not going to get my kids any more whiskey. (laughs) <laughs> punish yeah. them how i love challenges but, like, but they're also great but they're also greatly assisted by the fact that the family doesn't want to have anything uh, to do with just, you anymore because you're so, people right. are so brainwashed and, to fear the outside world and not follow in that doctrine yeah that, like, and just yeah and jesse to answer your question they punish them by there are uh certain methods that they use so each community is called a locality and if your family has any standing you know like uh you will be uh, they, they almost do it like a caste system. Uh, you will be able to tell where your family stands based on like basically what row you sit in, for example, during the sermons and stuff. But if you leave and your family is like making noise about the fact that you want to see your father, for example, um, they will just put you at the bottom of the barrel. You will be uh, shunned. It's called shutting up. It literally is called shutting up when they when they don't talk to you and you're not allowed to talk to like the elders or whatever if you're still inside the locality. Uh, they just make your life hell and they and they make you an outcast inside the community. I want to join this cult so bad. <laughs> so bad. Just like, I don't think that's most people's reaction. No, I want I want yeah. I want to like. Oh man, this is okay. Look, I have a theory. I see. I'm more like I want my wife to join this cult. So <laughs> I have this yeah. fun uh, thought about crazy people because I hear arguments all the time in podcasts and in reality and in yeah. drunken parties and whatnot. It's two people of different. Like you'll find someone with crazy beliefs, and then people who, some who logically try to argue against them. And logic, you cannot beat crazy with logic. You can't. You can't do it. The only way to beat crazy is with crazier. That's it. It's so you're going yeah. to join a cult and then somehow turn it up to eleven. Yes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you yeah, start punching everyone in the face because that's what God's telling me to do. Can't you hear God telling you to punch everyone in the face? I can. Time to go face punching. You know, just <laughs> well, actually, that that would be sacrilege because only God only talks to Bruce Hales. Ah, uh, okay. So you'd you have go. a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why. And I, literally, Bruce Hales, Bruce Hales would be like, I, I was just talking to Jesus, and he says that our prophet share. This year can be amplified if we do that. Like he'll say shit like that. Like, see, go, see, crazier, like, go crazier. God told me my name is now Bruce. What's his name? Bruce Hales. 
Bruce Hales. Yeah, yeah, my name's Bruce Hales. The old Bruce Hales, that's that's <laughs> that's Satan. He's lying to you. He'll be, he'll be gone in an hour. Really? Like, he's fun. Bring it on. What are they going to do? <laughs> so uh, you mentioned about, like, th- there's been, like, um, abuse covered up. Was there in Saskatchewan mm. there was an abuse, abuse scandal that was, invest- yeah, that was, was investigated by the RCMP as well? Um, Investigated, oh. air quotes. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, the four the first, uh, them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the first, one of the first guests that I had on my show was a young woman named Cheryl Hope, and it took me a while to get her on the show because um, I had decided that since uh, since I started investigating, there was uh, there was a bunch of uh, young women and and a couple young men who who were abused uh, by elders or even their parents or or several people within the community that um, and they they kind of wanted to tell their stories. And um, I decided, uh, and it was a little controversial at the time with others, but it wasn't with the victims, so that was good, that I didn't want them to come on the show unless they had filed a police report. And the reason why is because I was a little bit, the the one, the Me Too movement, while totally um, amazing in many ways, the one thing that I didn't like about it is that there was a anatomy of stories that would, the anatomy of, of many of the stories that would come out would be anonymous person, accuses famous person of doing something wrong no evidence except for um what they said happened and i'm sure many of those stories were true but i just wanted the bar to be a little bit higher so i wanted them to they could totally come on the show if they had filed the police report and so uh, it took a while for cheryl to do that but she did it and then she came on the show and that kind of opened the door to everything like she's uh, as far as i am concerned she's a hero um because she gave other people the courage to actually come forward. So Maple Creek, uh, Saskatchewan, is one of these places where uh, abuse happened uh, to her, to many others, and just systematically covered up. They often, um, they, they have what's called priestly visits. What is it, sir? So if you, it's called a priestly visit. Pre- it's not Jason and his family. Priestly. Priestly. Oh, uh, so elders, <laughs> elder, el- <laughs> elders will come and, and so say someone, say someone, hurls an accusation of abuse uh, towards somebody in the locality. Okay. They'll send two people, elders, to your house and basically try to uh, talk you out of it, try to let you know that what you did was wrong, you know, try to let you know that like forgiveness if I was, is part of Like if I was abused and I spoke up about it, they're going to come to my house and tell me that that was wrong of me to do. Yeah, what's right for you to do is seek, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the... Like he's to try to find forgiveness <laughs> and to try to, you know, like oh. and try to keep it within, within close oh, doors. I right? and try so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just make it sound like you want to do awful things, Jess. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. want to be one of the abusers. Jesus, Reese. <laughs> I know what will happen, though. You'll, you'll initially you'll go there. I'm doing this. I'm joining. Like when people do things ironically these days. Like, look at this. I'm wearing a like a, a grandmother's cardigan to be ironic. You join a cult ironically and end up loving being in the cult. Well, maybe because it would have to be it would have to be a Huxtable cardigan just to make <laughs> right, it. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like I like the idea of. So, like, I don't know. It's like the more I learn about abuse, is it's it's horrifying, and because like there really is layers of psychology where you become attached to your abuser and you feel you have no other option but to stay and do what they tell you, and it's really awful. And like you know, as as a, as a much much smaller a minor example is jobs, nine to five minimum wage jobs. A lot of the employees take abuse from their uh, from their their superiors, their bosses, because they believe they can't, they don't have any other options, so that they have to take it. So I, for a long time, I really, I really want 
want to like find a job with a shitty boss and join it as an employee, be a shitty employee, have them abuse me, and then just me just kind of fucking oh, I just want to ooh. <laughs> That's just kind of yeah, so you want to get, get a minimum wage shit. job just to to fuck up the workplace. Yes, okay, yes. Cool. exactly. So, okay, yeah. it's like like a kind of form of activism. <laughs> And show, and show the other employees, like, you can stand up for yourself, you know? You don't have to take this fucking bullshit from this puny little man. Sorry, I'm That's on right. a tangent. I'm going on a t- I do that. I'm no, sorry, James. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, you know, and that's it. But it is, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's similar to, like, Jehovah's Witness stories and, uh, you know, Catholic stories. Like, you know, people in power abusing kids and then it being systematically covered mm. up. And that's basically, mm. it's just, it, it's not a new story. It's a different way of, of telling, uh, or, or it's a different way of... Uh, of executing the sort of cover-up it's just so the, but you know you had religion and abuse and a cover-up of some place is going to happen right? my, this is, this is my question would the people that come to the houses to convince the abusees of yes they are drunk i'm not kidding <laughs> oh you're out yeah, i wasn't gonna ask that but that's they turn, up, they turn up half cut and they bring another bottle with them you said they're trying to they give them, the, girl, the girls tell the stories about how they can smell the rye on their breath as they're being told you know wow. to, to, to to try to find so my question you know? is the people who come to their house do they are they aware that abuse has actually happened are they brainwashed into believing it hasn't happened and that like listen stop talking about this thing that clearly didn't happen sort of thing like where where's their mentality at because if they're coming in they clearly know abuse happened and they're trying to cover it up while drunk that's a new special level of shittiness like i believe they do know most of the time i know that in one case uh it was a woman who wanted to leave her husband who was abusive and she secretly recorded the uh the visit and they did know and they're like you know he's trying to seek help and he's going the right way about it by turning to god Wow. And she and they're like you know you should do the same thing Fucking hell. so so like with <clears throat> Like obviously, there's a sorry, lot. Is, is it, what, what other, I guess, crimes would can you have you kind of from the people, the survivors you've spoken to, and from your own research, what are the crimes have you kind of seen being committed or are being committed? Um, and James is having a cough. I have a cough, and I keep on muting. That's right. <laughs> it's very entertaining. I'm, if you're I'm watching just your, if, if you're a dear listener, yeah. if you're watching our YouTube feed, uh, you can see James going into a silent coughing fit every thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> At least I, I'm professional enough to note him. Yeah. I used to knock. I've been burping the whole time, and I've been muting myself. So yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> I might have to disappear to get a glass of water. That's totally fine. No. The, the uh, well, the types of abuse are, are uh, what I mean, with in the, in the case of Cheryl Hope, because she's already talked about it, she was literally passed around to different adults. Jesus uh, to be Christ, abused, you know, and it was really bad. She was like four, five, six, and she was oh drugged. my god, what Jesus Christ. Yeah. And these people are still walking around that community. So when I went like this with the RCMP investigation, is because they haven't really done anything, right? Like they haven't been, they haven't made an arrest, right? There's no, there's no real know. will, I guess, for people to kind of go dive in. And is there ever, is there ever like, uh, I have to be careful how I word this, but um, they're in this community. There is a, a woman who, uh, who did an, uh, an entire litany of abuses against her kids. And uh, the, you know, the OPP investigated by interviewing the kids for 10 minutes and then immediately closed the investigation. Amazing. You know, so there's often not an appetite among law enforcement to pursue these cases, especially in rural communities. So I'm, I'm, my next my next thought would be going towards why so much abuse? Like, where is it stemming from? That's 
alcohol and religion. <laughs> you know, like it, no, I mean that makes sense. But I mean, like, yeah. uh, it's, I think I think if you find if you find yourself in a place where you know you can probably get away with something, see, that's I don't, and you have that. In your yeah, head. I don't know. I don't think that most people would genuinely like. I don't know. I think I, 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 human I think. beings don't gravitate towards, uh, you know, being horrifying people. If they can get away with it, like, it, sounds, you know it, it sounds like, like it sounds like we've got multiple generations of people trapped in a cycle of trauma, like abuse and trauma. Okay, that makes so, way absolutely more, that makes so way more sense. It, yeah. You know, it, that's a really good point, Reese, because a lot of the people that I interview that were victims, they have this really interesting and and for me, kind of like, wow, I can't believe that that you feel that way. Um, way of of looking at their perpetrator as a victim as well. You know, so there's like a little sliver of forgiveness or understanding as why they would end up abusing you because they know that that person was abused as well. Mm. And so they have a very interesting, logical, right, way of of looking at what has happened. And and the the tendency for forgiveness is much higher in a community like that than it would be outside a community. Because they they get an empathy because they're going through, they know that they probably went through the same shit when they were a kid or whatever, you know, it's, yeah. They saw their dad do the same thing to their dad and everything else is, it's horrible, but like it's, they're all in a cycle. Like it's cyclical in nature. Yeah. And and in terms of like, um, the, how the community structured one thing I I did, I did hear you talk about before a guest on the show, I, I think we're talking about the fact that they all move, they all move together. Don't they? If the community moves, they all, do they like in terms of real estate, they move like as, as a block. Yeah, they do. That, that I don't know. uh, It's funny. I haven't really covered much of that, but I have heard of, um, and they do that often for real estate. <laughs> because the market is high, they're like, let's sell all right now and then use that money and then start a new somewhere else. And they do. Because each locality is only like, you know, it's not like 20,000 people in a locality. It's like three, four, or 500. You know, I, I got so to say, Reese, um, this is a, just a wonderful, sobering episode to throw right in the middle of the Wafuck <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's having too much of fun time, it's, it's all about Wafuk balance, Mac. Jesse. Yeah. It's all about balance. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can you guys? Can you guys excuse me for one second while I get a Carry glass on, of water? Go for sure. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, James, go for a glass of water. Jesse, how do you feel about this? Uh, this uh, cult slash hor- horrifying. Jesus, man, we we wanted to have regular episodes, regular fun episodes for our audience during Wafakak who didn't want to join Wafakak, and this is what we're giving them during the holiday season. Fucking they, hell, man! They, th- well, here's my theory: the people. I mean, it's who, fascinating, but come on, the people who don't like Wafakak are the serious types who take themselves seriously. Oh, yes. So okay. we've got to. You know who want, you are. You know who you are. So if you if you we love you, more, we're glad you're here. But come on, that's yeah, fine. You can if you serious, can't join in the fine. merriment of Wafakak. Then you're gonna get more serious stuff. <laughs> the Plymouth Brethren, we put the fuck in okay. Wafak. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Reese was just saying that the uh, the people who don't enjoy Wafakak are probably much more serious in nature and would enjoy something like this during the holiday season. They want to hear so, harrowing yeah. stories of abuse. That's just yeah. their, just their, their taste. So. All right, let's let's crank it up to eleven. How can we make this story even worse? Well, what else you got for us, James? I, I I want to. I mean, what I want to do is shift onto talking about the influence. Now we've kind of like you've told us a bit about the organization like the influence they have politically but is there anything people need to know before we move on to that before we move on from talking about well you asked earlier about um how they have the political connections um, i only know how to answer that in canadian terms and um the the the, the connecting tissue between uh the plymouth brethren and the companies that they own and the government's 
the conservative provincial governments and the uh, when Stephen Harper was in power, the Conservative Party of Canada, is a man named Gerald Shapur. Don't know him. Gerald Shapur is a lawyer. He used to be Prime Minister Stephen Harper's lawyer. He was also the general counsel of the Conservative Party of Canada. And he is the general counsel of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. So he's the what? Through sorry? him. What was that last? The general counsel, the lawyer oh. uh, of, the, of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. Wow. Uh, and, and currently still is. Is he also a so, member? No. Okay. So, so he's, uh, but he's a religious nun. I think he's a seventh day Adventist or something like that. Um, and he, but he is, he, you know, so theoretically, although I don't have evidence to, to, to sort of show this specifically because I don't think it technically exists, but, um, you know, it, it's easy to imagine that uh, if the Plymouth Brethren or one of their own companies wanted a PPE contract, for example, during the pandemic, that that would be the conduit that Gerald Shapur would contact I, at the time, Jason Kenney, uh, you know, premier of Alberta and say, Hey, you got a lot of contracts coming up. Yeah. And so we, it would be nice if these companies got it. And then, you know, and Pierre Poiliev uh, has, uh, has contacts with the Plymouth Brethren Christian church as well. Um, Stephen, Stephen Harper, when he was um, uh, sworn in 2006, um, brought his own Bible uh, to be sworn in on, and it was a and it was a Plymouth Brethren Bible. So is is he is he a me- like is he is he kind of a member or is he just cl- close to them or is it close to them? Close to Harper them. in two thousand in two thousand eleven during his uh, inauguration speech, uh, it, the entire front row were all Plymouth Brethren elders. Amazing, so, you know. So these are the these are the political kind of like contacts uh, and and reasons why they they receive so much and you know the, the, there's also social conservative reasons why the Plymouth Brethren wanted them uh, wanted to be close to the Conservative Party of Canada at the time gay marriage was not something that the conservatives wanted you know they their uh, abortion is always a hot topic among the conservative base no matter where you are in Canada right. and so they, they they sort of felt that the Conservative Party represented to the issues that mattered to them. And then, of course, the quid pro quo would be the the, the, the fat contracts that they would receive. Right. Mm-hmm. This has got to extend back like tens of like decades upon decades. It has to. There's no way that one lawyer has tied together all the political parties and all of the church. You know, this is this has got to stem back generations of power. And, you know, it has, there's got to, it's, just, it's about money and power. It's always about money and power. And it sounds like the church has a lot of money and politics have a lot of power. And the two probably just want to play like, you know, be, be in bed together a lot. It's hard to tell how far it goes back. Um, you know, mostly because, you know, you look at Brian Mulroney's conservatives or Joe Clark and, and they're, you know, it actually, the farther back you go, the more moderate yeah, yeah. the conservatives <laughs> used to be. Oh, I remember. So I don't yeah. think, was it, was it, was it yeah. that they were more like associated with like the reform party and when they merged, maybe that they got yeah. more, because yeah, it seems to be like the reform and the PCs have become something much more like, like the reform party, I guess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, I don't know, even know why the PC party in Ontario is still called the PC party. But, I mean, they, they think the word progressive is, is like, you know, not part of their overall identity, it, right? So I don't, in Nova Scotia, the PCs to... came to power by by saying they were going to spend more on healthcare. That's how they... Which oh is my God, they... no, in, in Nova Scotia, it's so <laughs> strange. Like, the liberals act like conservatives and the conservatives act like liberals. It's so... F- everyone says this. Only in this province. It's really it's fucking really strange. Weird. It's so strange. It's really yeah. like, it's just, it's like they're both wolves in sheep's clothing just pretending to be the other. It's very, very bizarre. That is bizarre. <laughs> it's so it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that on Ontario, though. <laughs> no. In, in BC, it's like the liberals are exactly like the conservatives in in BC. Oh wow! Like there's not much difference between the two. They, they, they the same. And then the NDP is you know the only one that really on the left. Yeah. So wow. so like with that influence, like do you think that like um, on a provincial level and then on a federal level? So like say like, obviously if you look at polls right now, Polyev is so far ahead with Trudeau, and you know who knows with like how campaigns go and Trudeau's such a good campaigner, like could it could he clear back or whatever happened? But say say there was an election, um, and Polyev was prime minister. Do you think that that would? Uh, how do you think that would affect? Um, the Plymouth Brethren. Do you think like the, they would be kind of from from their point of view, they'd be cashing in a bunch of political capital they've been working hard on gaining? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, they have a. Um, they've always had also a uh, a gift that they give conservative uh, parties in the form of like boiler room telemarketing or letter writing campaigns and all this kind of stuff, or uh, get out the vote campaigns that they never declare. I've talked to a couple people that have been part of these boiler room operations where, you know, they, they basically are campaigning, but they're not part of the, um, the finance part of the campaign. So it's like free uh, volunteer work. That's amazing. And so, and and then they get rewarded. I, I think they would get rewarded with, some sort of contract most of what they do is like second tier building so they don't build the houses but they might build the roofs or the cabinetry inside the houses they do a lot of work where they build like desks and shelving stuff for schools and they get a lot of these types of contracts so i would fully expect them to benefit somehow wow. if polyev wins and i think polyev is going to win That's I-, I think terrifying uh, but not surprising People keep on asking why uh, doesn't Trudeau resign? And there's a really easy answer for that. And it's that, um, so let's just say for argument's sake that um, the two best candidates that- Hold on, sorry, I want to rewind, resign. People are saying, why doesn't he resign? Yeah. Why, why would, I, I don't follow, like, seriously, I don't know what's Jesse going on. doesn't look at, the, Jesse lives in a cave and he puts his hands over yeah. his eyes and his ears are stuffed with, I don't know. I, okay, my parents uh, years ago would be so, they'd wake up first thing in the morning, they'd turn on TV and they'd watch Trump from morning till night. Maybe not, no, that's an exaggeration, but they'd watch Trump in the news. They'd find out what's going on what's going on what's going on every day and they were filled with so much dread and so much anxiety constantly constantly i refuse to look at the news if anything really big is going to happen i will find out about it come on you know i'll but text like, jesse and go you probably need to know about this one jesse yeah, exactly yeah Don't but otherwise like, I'm, i kind of live a fairly like 
stress-free life as far as that's concerned about what's going on like it's because like ignorance is bliss it really is man there's like there's nothing i can do unless i want to live the life of of like um what's the word i'm like uh, not a protester what's someone who's like engaged in that sort of an activist yes certainly which is great and there and those sort of roles are really important in society and if i want to live the life of a constant non-stop activist then maybe i can make some change but unless i'm willing to make that sacrifice i'm just going to be causing extra undue stress to myself by watching the news constantly so i know <laughs> you, you, know, you just got you just on. got us another one-star review jesse i really did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is jesse on the show <laughs> but but like i think uh like the the thing so jesse basically yeah more and more people are being calling for trudeau to resign some some people within the liberal party but james so why? to your point why, why why do you think um this happens all the time in in canadian politics um because there's no like term limits right up here but the uh, a lot of the uh voting public have like uh regime fatigue but shooter the same thing happened to harper and so what happens is is that um and reese you're right like there's many people in the liberal caucus that um don't think that they can win with Trudeau at the helm. Now, the problem is, and this is where I was going, is that um, let's just say for argument's sake that Christia Freeland and Mark Carney for, or whatever would be the uh, two candidates that would have the most viable chance of winning the next election. It's a losing election for them to get involved in because the general idea among the public is that there is a, a liberal party fatigue. So they don't want to waste their chances of becoming prime minister in an election that looks like it will just go to the other side. Remember Kathleen Wynne in Ontario? No. If she if she had resigned, Kathleen Wynne was uh, polling at like, literally her polling numbers was like negative 12%. Like she was just not going to win. There was no way. So if she had resigned and a really good candidate went in her place, it would have been a wasted election for that candidate because they probably weren't going to win anyways. Mm. And that's what it is yeah, right now. Okay. Uh, that's why, that's one of the main reasons uh, why, why many liberals who don't think they're going to win still don't want Trudeau to resign because if they want to put a viable candidate like Christia Freeland or Mark Carney in that will be wasted for them. Right. And then they'll probably resign as leader instead of keep going until the next so week. We've heard of that term before campaign fatigue, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's literally just 1984. It's every, every side gets its turn eventually, you know, someone's in like, yeah. uh, or to quote the dark Knight, which I love is you either, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. <laughs> Jesse tries no. to crowbar that into every episode. It's a phrase. great quote, yeah. man. Get a tattoo <laughs> on your face or something then, Jesse. <laughs> it's a great quote, you know, <laughs> But I, I, I honestly think as well, like we did an episode on Kim Campbell, who was obviously like, you know, that's a great she, example, you know, yeah. first, first and only female prime minister. And she was, and even though she was like super popular in all the polls, still it was the party, I guess, but she was handed the reins of a losing yeah, yeah. battle. Right. So yeah. Tide, the tide was like in favor. Looks like Pierre Polyev is going to be prime minister, not because he's the best candidate, but but because people are just tired of the liberals and he's the only other option, which is well, fun. he's also doing something. He's also doing something that we haven't seen before, which is usually what happens when uh, with the conservatives when when they run for leadership. They they tend to like drift to the right to try to get all the support from the base, and then when it comes to like be being the leader, they will then shift to the center. He's not doing that. No, he's, he's staying on the right, and I think he's. I, um, listen, I don't like it, but I think that it's smart. I think he read the ether and was like, you know, if I go to the middle, I'm going to end up like O'Toole, and and no one's going to like me anymore by the time an election rolls around. But if I stay on the right. All the active people right now in this country 
um, are on the right. You know, and we, we people don't like it, but people are going to have to like suck it up and try to figure out what to do about it if you're a liberal or an NDP because, you know, the convoy um, protests, you may not have liked it, but it activated a bunch of people that were not active before mm-hmm. that and they vote. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it is, it is a growing contingent of voting citizens that are now supporting these like hard right politicians. And I don't think the liberals have an answer for that yet. It's, it's not just time. pronouns. It's, I'll tell you it's that much. Time. Like time. it's not. It's, you know. No, it's time. It's it's. I mean, if you step back and you look at how voting works over decades, it's it's all cyclical. This all this goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And voting is not logical. Voting is emotional. You know, we just have to wait until the right does shit so bad that it fucking pisses off the left enough that they want to get voting and they'll vote in the liberals next election. And then the vote the, the liberals fuck up so bad that the right wants to vote and. It's just back and it's a ping pong game. I get, but the liberals, have, the, the left have to learn in Canada. And I, I have to be careful. I would say this because I don't want you guys to get letters. They really have to drop the stuff that really isn't important to the largest swath of Canadians. Like I, I, I joked about pronouns, but in a way I'm not joking. Like you don't, we, that stuff is like, it's not that you shouldn't care or that you shouldn't agree with certain things, or whatever, just like leave it alone. I, I remember, um, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember what interview I was watching, but there were, oh, it was, uh, it was actually Bernie Sanders talking about uh, some of this stuff mm-hmm. about how, when, uh, when Hillary Clinton was campaigning, oh no, um, who was that guy that the, uh, Van Jones, he was like the environmental czar for the Obama administration. Okay. Anyways, he's a CNN analyst now. Anyways, he was talking about how he went to go visit in the Midwest uh, a, va- a family that was voting Republican for generations and generations. And um, it was when Trump beat uh, Clinton. And and he was asking her family, like, you know, what would ever, like, why didn't you vote Democrat? And they said, well, listen, um, we've had senators come here um, where we have lost uh, factory jobs and we've been, and unemployment in this area has been really high for generation after generation. And they came here, and the first thing that they were talking about was pronouns. And he was like, it was, it didn't crack the top 10 of things that were important to us. Jobs were important to us. Mm. But the left really clung to this like social issue kind of platform for so long. And in a way, we still do it that, it, you know, it, it, it you, you lose sight of what is uh, important to like families, which is like economics and healthcare and money and things like that. And I think, uh, the left don't have an answer out of how to outdo themselves when it comes to focusing on things that don't matter to a larger mm. swath of Canadians. Yeah. I think they need to learn how to do it's that. Funny, it's funny it's when, when it's like it's it's a business. It's yeah. in a sense like how do we get more votes? How do we get more money to get more votes? What are people who are currently voting? What do they care about? That's really all it is. And that changes. It does yeah. go back and forth. I see what you're saying. And like while these things are important and they do need to be addressed, they're, perhaps, it's, perhaps it's a timing issue. Well, that's the thing is like people can't yeah. afford to heat their homes or eat. Well, you have to choose. You know, in the UK, there's a term right. "heated or eated." You choose. What are we going to do this week? Eat the house or eat food? Um, and like, I think that when people are on that level, as much as they aspire to help build a more inclusive, friendly uh, society, um, they they are they are, they might be hungry or cold. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and genuinely yeah. worried about yeah. having a roof over their heads, or am I going to sleep? Am I going to have to sleep in a car next week? And it is like for me, I grew up in like a an area where the left-wing tradition came from uh, people in very 
uh, dangerous coal mining jobs and the left came because they wanted to they you know, my grandfather left school when he was 14 he wanted to be educated so that they, they used to club their money together to you know fund libraries and and then that the health system in the uk came from a model that was set up by coal miners in that community too and to me that like that is like you know that's what the left-wing politics has always been formed in my head was it's about people who don't have much working together to kind of go well, how can we improve our lives mm-hmm. I mean, labor wages exactly exactly like and really? but now when people talk about left like they go oh you know it's because you because like you said like it's the pronouns debate they go that's a and they go yeah but there's no one's talking about the actual core original stuff that the left is supposed to be about or it's not even almost and, not even what associated anymore <laughs> like and look at the opportunity that that the left has right now yeah. to talk about those exactly. things. Exactly, like our wages should be like. Listen, if you go by inflation and by the the, the profits that are being made by things like grocery companies and things like it's that, gross. wages should be like thirty bucks an hour. It's really, like, it should it really be. should like, be. Yeah. You know, yeah. and 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 look at the cost the cost of living right now. Like I, I can't get over what rent is like in like just the home com- the community that I grew up in, Whitby. Um, it's like for a bachelor apartment, it's like twenty six hundred dollars. Jesus, like, are you fucking? Are you serious? Me? Like, yeah. Listen, real estate on its own needs a total overhaul. I'm gonna hear Will give it a few years. I can't believe that in that that, that uh, in an area that's entirely run by banks, things are so expensive. Like, <laughs> Homeowners don't own their homes; banks do, right? And of course, banks want everything to be go up and up forever. But you know, it doesn't match what's happening in the rest of the world the rest of the country and it's just there's such an uneven thing right now happening when it comes to real estate and rent and cost of living the left have such an opportunity to speak to those issues and they just never do because they're worried about assuming the gender of the person that owns the home like like you know you need to like focus on better things right I, I, like, I do think as well like polyev's ideologies don't have any answers to any of those problems <laughs> It's just that right now yeah. he's he's the alternative, I guess, and and there's nothing yeah. about his politics or policies he would bring in that would necessarily improve any of any of that. Um, but he's very effective at pointing out how Trudeau only focuses on exactly, uh, yeah. especially, especially the way that Trudeau frames those issues. Yeah. At, at basically ostracizing all the people that vote for Paul Yeah. I think when, I so think when really I, I think when, yeah, I think when we, we should make a, a more, we should, how do I put this? Really kind of specify when we talk about the right and the left. I think when Reese and I talk about the right, we're talking about the extreme right. And I get the feeling, James, that when you talk about the left, you're talking about the extreme left. I yeah. am usually, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And both of those parties bother the shit out of me, yeah. honestly. Any, the, anyone, the, anything that's the extreme, extreme left. The extreme left uh, is often represented by mainstream stuff right now, though. You know, like whenever, and I'm just going to use this as a quick example. Dean Blundell is going to like roll his eyes when I say this if he watches this. But uh, but um, I think the mainstream sometimes carries the flag for the extreme left. For an ex- Just for an example, um, I saw a CBC News kids tweet um, like a year ago, and it was like, tonight uh, we talk about J.K. Rowling's transphobia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. Really? 
Like we're 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 doing that because well, the, the media, the media it, it's not ratings, open. and the media wants more. And like, so if the media talks about something that is affecting everybody equally, such as uh, the economy or housing crisis, then nobody's really going to be like, what would that? Like everybody knows. But if you want ratings, you talk about something that's emotional. Click, Clickbait. I guess. I guess. Exactly. And so you get a group of people who yeah. have a, an emotional issue that is you know worthy of talking about that other people aren't affected by. Then there's going to be a disconnect, and suddenly there's going to be an emotional problem which brings so, ratings so that's why uh, my theory is why they talk about it but like what the things that you're talking about james are these are important topics that need to be addressed but the timing is off if you're trying to tell someone you know about uh you know about a socioeconomic problem about health care about about education uh, but that person is currently ablaze on fire with gasoline being poured on them they have other issues that they want to address in that very moment <laughs> you know um and yeah. so like it's i mean it's it's it can be fun to to make fun of these issues but the reality is they are important it's just the timing's all off the timing is off you know yes we need so, to talk about gender issues yes we need to talk about pronouns but like to you know to the audience who's going to listen in the right moment you know and if people are like currently on fire or currently starving and are looking to their leaders for those solutions then um you know certain certain topics should be brought up first before bringing up other also very important topics but it's i think it's about timing not about like what is important what isn't important yeah that could be i mean i i, I don't i don't know how important some of these topics are i think that well, they're um, important to the people who I, think they're important you know that doesn't mean that they're universally important. You, that about anything. you can't. You yes, that and that's that's kind of what a tribal mentality is. We want other. Did people. you do you remember? Do you remember? It's about. In it's, BC, I mean, there was, to, I mean to, to that, someone put out a billboard in GC that in BC that said, "I love J.K. Rowling," and people had fucking like conniption fits. Sure. Like, I mean, I think for a lot of people, it's about love, empathy. You know, it's not about changing policy as much as it is like you know we we have we just want people to 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 understand people mostly just want other people to understand what they're going through and hear it they don't need to to follow along their lifestyles you know or or be like them they just need i think people just need to develop more empathy and more listening skills to tell you the truth yeah, uh, but also i i agree with that i, I think i think that the, the thing with um that that billboard sounds like they knew exactly what they were doing it was oh yeah like, that was out, uh, okay. it's rage farming essentially rage, it's, yeah it's, rage farming like, yeah. it's rage <laughs> but it was it was it was, was kind of I thought it actually proved a good point because I'll give you an example. Um, Nate uh, Erskine Smith. He's a he's a guy who's running for the liberal leadership uh, for the uh, provincial liberals right now in Ontario. Um, I had him on my show once, and uh, and I asked him right at the end of the show, and I'm like, "Do you think J.K. Rowling's transphobic?" And he said, "Well, I'm not really sure uh, what it was that she said, but I'm positive she's transphobic." <laughs> and I'm like, that, <laughs> yeah, that's and I think that, that that really that that's why that billboard was funny to me because yeah. I think a lot of people were, like, "Oh my god." Why was she transphobic? I don't know, but <laughs> I was told that she people is. like, like had. They but, love but, but, it, but yeah. also as well, I think I think people like there's like a like people feel slightly traumatized when they fall in love with a story and like or like some art oh, that yes, somebody's yes. created, and then they find there's a reason not to like them, or like people tell them there's a reason not to like them, or whatever people fall on there. It's like it's like Tommy Douglas, the guy who helped create healthcare in Canada, used oh, to yeah. love eugenics. Like That's right, you know, but so, and he changed his mind on it because he went to Nazi Germany no. and was like, "This is bad." Um, 
but like and i and i think that i think that like sometimes i think you could still appreciate someone's art on on the merit of of the art whether you i'm not a big harry potter fan my wife likes the harry potter books um mm. my love kids harry love potter. them my son was so excited because <laughs> he's in the harry potter club at school like but i i, don't, I think what i don't like is the fact that you that if if people imply that you can't like some stuff that you like based on pure merit um uh, I, I think, even I think even and, and you know rather than you can you can you can separate sometimes i mean like hitler it's, was it's, shit, I go hitler hitler was shit at painting but i think there's probably some people out there like <laughs> like hitler paintings you know he's also vegetarian so if any vegetarians out there like you want want to know what they have in common with hitler i think lovers of alsatian dogs reese with reese with jk rowling i think it's the divisional mentality of you're either with me or you're against me it's nobody really wants to have discussions with people they disagree with anymore That's they right. want to label and move on they yeah. want to know what you believe so that they can label you and then move on to the next person and find out what they believe and it's so it, it's it's taxing and it's emotionally draining for most people and it's it would be actually more beneficial if you sat and listened to people you disagreed with you don't have to believe what they have what they believe at the end of that conversation you do not have to agree with that person at the end of that conversation you do not have to come across as right at the end of that conversation you just have to learn to listen that's well, it and that's it's right. so fucking hard and with the jk rowling thing um i don't know what she said i didn't look into it i didn't care uh People want her to suffer and not benefit from her art because of her being a horrible piece of person. And let's just assume she is for the sake of argument, because I don't know one way or another. I've heard enough that she is. So I'm going to assume that she is uh, transphobic. So let's just assume that she's transphobic and people want to stop everybody else from buying Harry Potter merchandise and books and going to the theme parks so that she won't benefit anymore. I got to tell you right now, if J.K. Rowling's income stopped entirely tomorrow, one hundred percent she would still be a billionaire okay that's mm. never going to change okay <laughs> if but you but also, like this imaginary magical it, world and it brings you joy let it bring you joy it's also but it's i agree with all of that and and, and also one of the funny not funny things but ironies of all this is that um because it is really the hard left that really really hate her um there's no um focus being put on the fact that she is legit the most abused woman online on the planet violence death threats all that stuff Jesus. which the far left just completely turned a blind eye to because she had an opinion that wasn't even like awful it's just that we're so polarized is that you have to be all like on the activist side of either left or right and she's somewhere in the middle and so therefore she's completely ostracized by by the left i, right? so, I just realized i just had an epiphany that when people talk about the far left I have a totally different image in my head from what you, you two are talking about. I mean, you know, I, I, for me, I was thinking hard far left, Joseph yeah. Stalin. <laughs> That's where my head Joseph was. Stalin is far left? He wouldn't be on Twitter sending death threats to J.K. Rowling. He wouldn't be. Not the far left, man. <laughs> he, would, he would kill He would kill You just would send it to a gulag. So, He'd be the like, farthest right you could possibly imagine. The furthest like, left. Oh, no. No, no, he was authoritarian, no, but he was a. I, I think far left is communism. communism. But in my head, I was like, ah. Yeah. I don't quite know where in my head, like if I look at it, Hitler. I think I think uh, Jesse, you're getting confused, maybe between fascism and, and oh, yeah, but Hitler, Hitler was far right. Oh, okay, fascism. Joseph Stalin was and far left. Stalin's far Both left. were authoritarian. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but, I think um, I think I can. I mean, I've been saying this for a while on our show about the differences. My opinion, my theory, the differences between the left and the right, not the far right and the far left, but the, just the left and the right, and how we we need both. We need both mentalities. We can't cram both of our mentalities into our own brains, and we will never convince the right to be the left, and we can't convince the left to be right. We need both to exist at the same time, and we need to be more. Uh, we need to habitable. We need to have what's the word I'm looking for? We need to learn to live together because. The, the right is about, so you know, like the whole put your air mask on first before helping others, right? Make sure that you are safe. Make sure that you are healthy. Make sure that you are happy. And then once you are in that position, then you can help your family. Then you can help your neighbors. Then you can help your neighborhood. And the left are the opposite mentality, which is focus on your neighbors first, focus on your families first, focus on other people first before your own needs, which has its own merits. And together, we can make a fully functioning human being. And on both sides, of the extremes of that people take these things and run with it to the insanity that like that we've heard about so so far so much so like take care of yourself first that means a good job you know uh, make sure i've got a house to live in and stuff and the extreme right says like it's nothing but jobs 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 literally nothing else matters i want my tax lowered i want my income increased i want my houses to be perfect i want my family to be perfect everything fuck everybody else and then the extreme left is make sure that uh, all these you know social houses and social programs programs are taken care of first uh, to a point where I won't listen to what you have to say unless you believe me. And I'm going to like neglect my own personal safety, my own personal sanity, my own personal health to make sure everybody else is okay. Both extremes are insane. Okay. And, and it's, it's, it's unhealthy. <laughs> if fascists come to power, they won't last long fundamentally because if you're, and the same with like the far left as well, like or communism is that if you see the world in through ideological lenses, you don't see the world for as it is you're trying to place a very messy uh, society with ideas and that's not often the reality so like for instance if you were a, a fascist and you were running a country you would be governing that country based on um uh prejudice which means you would underestimate people because you're prejudiced against a certain group of people you assume they're never going to rise up and beat you because they're not capable of it on a genetic level and then that's not true so they're obviously you're going to underestimate things and mess things up so i think you kind of you need that balance you need those people in the middle separately but i, I guess <laughs> like um the thing that's the thing i find weird though is that not just we don't just need people in the middle we need people on the right and the left to understand that we will not agree with the other side but we need them to be there you know we we need, we need them, don't we need them to be there to know what not to how not to behave yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> you need the no, you need the naughty kid in class to go you know, don't yeah. be like that no i'm not talking about the extremes i'm not talking about you're going to miss out on cake I'm not talking about the extremes. Yeah. I'm talking about just the, just the regular right and the regular left. The extremes. Well, can, I think we, can, we I think we need to learn how to be politically ambidextrous. Yeah. As, as you know, if the moment calls for it, you know, sure. like there are some yeah. moments. A lot of people don't don't like to say this or, or or think about this or or you know believe this, but sometimes there's a uh, conservative solution to a problem. Of course, sometimes no, there's of, a you know sometimes what, I, there's a progressive solution to a problem. It's just you know that's the way life. You know is, what I. You know? I'm, I'm going to backtrack. Uh, I, I like that. I like that answer quite a bit, actually. And instead of me just saying that we're never going to believe what the other the other side uh, believes, whatever side we reside on. I Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's that's a really smart answer. We need to be politically amb ambidextrous. We need to learn to be politically ambidextrous because you're right. You're absolutely right. I'd say um, Canada is yeah. way more politically ambidextrous than the UK, which is still very, the UK is very tribal. 
um, in, in yeah. how people vote. But I'd say Canadians seem to be a bit more flexible. <laughs> The UK have had like 17 prime ministers in the last two months. <laughs> all, all from, but all from the Tory party. Like this, okay. without yeah. an election, they just keep cycling through new leads. Oh, and by the way, the one that's in there now, I forget his name. Uh, Richie Sunak. Yeah, he's got deep political ties to the Plymouth Brethren. In, uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I was just going to bring us back to the Plymouth yeah, Brethren. Yeah, what, what, were we, why, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about the right yeah. left for half an hour. Are they in the Harry Potter I, I, books as well? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, so with your book then, what, what, are you, what are you hoping to... Like, wh- when is your book coming out? And what are you hoping to... What kind I don't of know what's coming out yet. It? It's, not, it's not done yet. My deadline was, like, months ago. But um, <laughs> but it's still... No, but it's still... It's. I don't know how to end it yet because there's still a couple of things that, yeah. that sort of are, are sort of unfolding that I can't really talk about. But uh, I don't know what I'm hoping for. I, I, I wanted to do a, um, a book that sort of examined um, the political ties in all of the Commonwealth countries, because I thought, first of all, I thought I could sell more books. Um, <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all, I thought that it was important to sort of show um, just how politically connected this group was. And we are going to do that to a certain extent, but um, I want to make it where you, like you were saying at the beginning that it's not a household name uh, in Canada. It, it probably is only a household name in like New Zealand and Australia, a little bit in the UK, but um, you know, not in Canada. And I think the goal would be to to sort of, especially for Canada, because that's where I live and I'm Canadian, uh, to sort of show, listen, um, there's a group that you've never heard of that is getting billions of dollars just for being the group that they are. And holy crap. Like, listen, one of the good things of, of the social um, issue focused left is that I think, and the mainstream media too, is that I think that they would be really, really um, angry to find out that a group that abuses women, mm. a group that like covers up sex abuse of children, are receiving billions of dollars in government contracts. Yeah, that's horrible. I think that would be that would that should be the headline, and that should inflame people. But just like um, you know, like we have tried to get mainstream um, outlets to look at this, and uh, and they just won't. And 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 the reason why is they say they're really litigious. And when they say really litigious, that tells me that Gerald Shapur called the lawyers of CTV or Global or CBC and talked to the lawyers there. And and those lawyers know who Gerald Shapur is. And they probably look at him like he's like really powerful and was like, and Gerald was like, you don't want to do this. And they were like, okay. You know, like, I think it's probably as simple as that. So wow. there needs to be a sort of day of reckoning for this group that needs to come from a mainstream outlet that has the stones to actually see it through. Right. And I, um, yeah. I, I don't know if one such exists. Yeah, I, I, but hopefully something. I've seen Canada Land articles, but I haven't seen CBC or CTV articles. Well, did you uh, did you watch the podcast or listen to the podcast Ratfucker? No, no, uh, <laughs> it's a great no. name. <laughs> it's about it's about ex political dark uh, arts operative David Wallace, who I've had on my show many times, and uh, it's a seven. I think it's a three four part series or whatever. Anyways, to be perfectly honest, Jesse Brown lifted a lot of that work from Blackballed from my podcast, right, um, and created uh, this podcast called. Uh, Ratfucker, and so the uh, it all kind of came really hard to advertise on like, other shows. <laughs> yeah, really. Am I allowed to swear on the show? Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. Acast rep- rec- recommends Ratfucker. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um, so, so David Wallace, as a political operative, was hired by the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church through Gerald Shapur to find Richard Marsh, who was a whistleblower 
former part of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church in the UK who whistle blew on a company that was supposed to make um, factory masks, um, you know, environmentally friendly or something like that. They took the money. They didn't actually do it. And so he blew the whistle and he fled to Canada, literally had to flee. And the Plymouth Brethren found out that he was here, hired David Wallace to find him. And when David Wallace found him, they said, we need you to hold him and we're going to come and get him. They were basically going to kidnap him. And David Wallace blew the whistle. Which is like, I don't that. want to be part of your weird kidnapping yeah. activities. Well, he, he, you know, he's a, he was, he, I mean, he did a lot of things in his life, but he kidnapping did Richard, Richard March was just a step too far. Wow. So that's why. Who did he um, blow the whistle the, on? Like two. He blew the whistle on him. See, that's the best part is that David Wallace basically blew the whistle on all of the shady shit that he did. Which is a complete like no one's ever done that. Like like if you look at like a guy named um, uh, he was he was self self rat. <laughs> yeah, basically. Wow. Um, Roger Roger did Stone. Did he go to jail a, for anything he admitted? Well, that's the thing. The Klondike Papers, which is all which is the dossier of all of his communications, uh, we put that out and we did a whole bunch of stories on that. And uh, no, he didn't because in order to put him in jail, you would have to put all these other powerful people in jail. You would have to put like, you know, like all these conservative operatives in jail. So he was like, I did these things, but by the way, so did all these other really powerful people that you're connecting. Yeah, exactly. So it's really unique. Has he... has he been try? Have people tried to portray him as like a conspiracy theorist or a, or a bit of a kind of an outsider or a fringe person to try and like make his, yeah. to devalue his like his experience? Or yeah, Justin Ling tried that. Um, you know, it didn't work out well for him though because everything that David Wallace has said uh, has come to pass, right? So or has been proven to be true uh, when it comes to the things that he did. So you know, it's um, we don't. I, but it's I, still, I don't know him. Jesse probably doesn't know. I'm assuming who Justin Ling is. Sorry. I have no idea. Things <laughs> is works for the CBC now. Okay, okay. But, um, yeah, he uh, he he came on my show once and, and, and ridiculed us for covering the Klondike Papers, and then. Uh, and then actually did a uh, did a, a segment that was like lifted a story from the Klondike Papers and basically said, "Wow, this is true. This is crazy," but didn't give credit to the Klondike Papers. So hmm. you know, people are like that in, in this country. Editors are like that. Like no one wants to touch David Wallace or the Klondike Papers because you know they implicate too many powerful people. We'll so, so he, he so he was we'll going to touch him in the dark places that he doesn't want to be touched. That's, that's, that's right. Let's do it. Let's, let's come show, show, show him on the wallet where he touched you, John. <laughs> right inside of him. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so, like, so David essentially came forward, blew the whistle because he, the, the Plymouth Brethren were going to kidnap someone. Richard Marsh. Richard Marsh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of mad that you, when you think that they're operating on that level, and it, in it made someone like for David to go, "This is the this is the light in the sand." Like I've done all this stuff, yeah. shady stuff behind yeah. the scenes for politicians for de- decades. I assume it sounds like a yeah. You know, um, I'm going to trash my entire like living, I guess, just by blowing. It's it's quite extreme to push someone that far who kind of operates in those in that in those shadows, I guess. Yeah, it really is. I mean, he's, uh, you know, and it cost him everything. Like, you know, he doesn't make any money doing that anymore because he can't do it. And uh, he, you know, he's, uh, he just put out the Klondike papers. Uh, I think he sold his first 500 copies last week. So hopefully he's making a little bit of living now, a little bit of scratch. But, um, you know, he made a good living doing really, you know, kind of shady things for, for politicians. And and now and the kidnapping was the, the thing know, that's turned him around. Yeah, like he was like, I can't, I can't do this, right? Like, so he, he put a stop to it, and then, uh, 
And then they came after him a little bit, but now, uh, now he's, uh, you know, I don't even know where he lives now. I don't, well, if I did, I wouldn't be telling anyone anyways, because they're after him. You know, right. Are they actively are. still after him? I think so. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I mean, like, he's not the kind of guy that you want out there sharing his secrets, especially if you paid him to do certain things. Right? <laughs> well, like, let's let's join know. this cult, man. You and I, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I, I got a, I got a thing. Do you think? They, do you think we're going to get a phone call from Gerald Chapo saying? Um, no, you know what's funny is that I've, enough. <laughs> I've, well, listen, I, I I don't think anyone in the world has covered ex Plymouth Brethren members more than I have. And I've never gotten anything. I've never gotten a letter. So I don't know if they're just biting. We're, we're going to get a one-star review, though. I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Definitely a one-star review. And then also, maybe maybe they'll just like, um, I don't know, they'll give us some bad reviews. Maybe they'll uh, just promote other podcasts that uh, we're trying to compete with covering the same topic maybe they'll wear t-shirts and buy merch from those other shows you know at least it'll help other podcasts right maybe. So, I, gotta, I gotta say james uh we've had a, a number of guests on who usually have something to promote uh you're the first guest that we've had on that does have something to promote but it's not done or ready yet it's yeah that's right well i'm a writer <laughs> and i mentioned that you got, but you got your podcast too <laughs> Uh, my podcast has been in hiatus for a bit, but uh, I'm going to come back in about a week uh, with Casual Friday. I think I'll launch like a week from tomorrow. What is Casual um, Friday? I have a podcast called Casual Friday where I just invite my friends and we just shoot the shit. And that's oh, it. Nice. Like, we don't have any topics. It's just, you know, we just come on and we just talk. I usually have Spenny from Kenny versus no Spenny on. fucking way. What? Yes, fucking you know way. Spenny? What? I, do. I love yeah, that Spenny. show so much. Spenny's a pal. Oh, tell him I said yeah. hi, please. Oh, I will. Jesse says hi. He's a man who doesn't know, you know anything. Why don't you come on when when Spenny's on and you can you know oh you my can God, uh, I'd love that. Are you shitting me? Yeah. I grew up man. I, I was I was in Calgary working at iStock Photo back in 2007 and a friend a coworker came up to me and he dropped a DVD on my desk. And I'm like what's this? He's like you should borrow this. I'm like what is this? It's like it's Kenny versus Spenny <laughs> man. Trust me, you're going to you're going to flip out. You're going to fucking love this show. I'm like okay, and I bring it home and I put it on. I'm like what is this show? And I watched every single episode of every season and I've been like oh my god, I even watched a little bit of uh, of Kenny's weird ass Triumph of the Will afterwards his spin-off show. <laughs> but uh, man, I hope they make a return. I really do. He might be coming out there uh, sometime. So you should look up there because they do a, an on the road thing, a live thing where they just do a Q&A with a bunch of rowdy Kenny versus That'd be Spenny. fucking yeah. awesome. I'd, I'd do that for yeah. sure. I've never, never seen does, it. Uh, Sp- <laughs> Spenny does rectal exams. Oh, good. Prostate yeah, if I, if, yeah that's, that's perfect. That sounds right up my alley. That's great. Should, it was Jackass before Jackass. I, yeah, right. Well, no, I think Jackass was, was long before. Yeah, Jackass was long before Kenny versus Spenny. I don't think they so. They had a different name. Um, in, in, Oh, was it different? Like so Kenny vs. Spenny was like Jackass for Canada. In the UK, we had uh, well, a show called Dirty just- Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's awesome. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. It, was, it, was, it was like Jackass, but without any of the charm. <laughs> Jackass without all the etiquette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. James, if you want me on your show sometime, you could just explain it to... to to is it Spenny or Kenny? Who is it? Spenny? You said Spenny. You just explain it's like yeah, this Kenny. Kenny's too big to do much. Of show, course, but yeah. Spenny's. Right. <laughs> I saw Spenny's uh, his his movie. I think he directed um, about porn obsession. 
Yeah. Uh, did you see it? I didn't see that. It was no, great. It was honestly very funny and very well done. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I often we I joke about it with him. I was like, that was a documentary, right? <laughs> <She's> like, no, <laughs> I bet you he loves that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, he's is, a good musician too. By the is way. he a musician? I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. He's a blues musician. Holy shit, yeah. that's amazing. I still uh, got no idea who you're talking about, but, uh, but he sounds. You wonderful. gotta see the show, man. I've been trying to get you to watch the show <laughs> no, for so that. long. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm still new to Canadian things. We so. got we got two Canadian shows that we're really proud of here. That's Kenny versus Spenny and Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm, I'm editing a documentary for Swain out at the moment, the trailer part of his app, actually. I mean, I just finished episode eight today of 10, 10 seasons. That uh, swear nuts weird, man. I've watched some swear nut and it's 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 for like a very special group of friends. Yeah, really and I'm making a ten stuff. episode documentary about a senior hockey team for those. I told you I was in uh, Trailer Park Boys a few times. Yeah, not as just as an extra. Like I knew the I knew the first assistant director back in the early 2000s, and he'd call me up like Jesse, what are you doing today? I'm like nothing. He's like, you want to be on the show? I'm like, sure, fuck it. So I come over and like just just stand by the sidelines and eat food and drink, and you just wait for hours. That's all you do as an extra, and then finally like okay. Hey, we need 15 guys over here wandering around throwing garbage and shit and i have once i have one i was in like three or four episodes just as an extra but one episode i was kind of like singled out and i had a bag of garbage and i walked over to mr Leahy's trailer and i threw it at his trailer and then banged both my fists on the wall and then looked into his window and that was back in 2003 and ever since uh like once a year i'll get a call from some friend across canada It'd be like two o'clock in the morning. Like, were you, did I, are you in trailer park boys? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cause they'd just be randomly watching it. And bam, suddenly your friend is on the screen. So I thought that was hilarious. When I moved to Nova Scotia, the only reference I had, they were like, Hey, Nova Scotia, what's that like? And I was like, you know, trailer park boys, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's filmed there. And that was the only cultural touchstone I had for a lot of UK family. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> 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 Sounds beautiful. Uh, it's, like, it's like going to the UK and only talking about Benny Hinn or Benny Hill. Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen the show <laughs> Benny Hill. Like, <laughs> uh, so. Jay, we're go- we've gone off track again as we do. We're really good at this. Is there any any other juicy tidbits that you'd like to to, to talk about? No. He's oh, done. Okay. done. It's been a thorough <laughs> examination. I was going to say. That was a, that was a hard pivot. Yeah. <laughs> like, back to serious. Brother. No, I think we covered most of it. I, I mean, listen, like the book is the book is uh, going to be written, I think, by, you know, I guess it'll be done by February or something like that. Okay. And uh, hopefully out by the end of next year. Um, and I'll, I'll be having, uh, uh, you know, more ex-member guests on, on Blackballed uh, in the coming weeks. And just, just a question. If people are kind yeah. of incensed and outraged by, like, is there anything they can do to help? Is there anywhere like where you can people like can go question. to show support for like survivors or people? That's, who've honestly, out? that's a great, great question. Reese. That's to tie that to you know, why I don't watching like watching the news because there's nothing I can do. So like, yeah, is there something people can do? There is. Go check out the Get a Life podcast, which is actually a podcast that was born out of many of the guests that I had on my show, uh, hosted by Cheryl Hope and Richard Marsh. And uh, they talk to ex-members, um, but there's a way that you can donate to to a to a legal defense fund uh, for a class action lawsuit, uh, North American wide against the Plymouth. That's yeah. huge. So, yeah, that, no, it's really it, it just 
I, I like feeling like uh, they, they, they credit me for, for, for making that happen. I do not. I, I'm just a guy with a mic. I had people on my show, but the courage came from all of them. Um, and they're really generous to say that. But really, they, there's so much courage among that community. So forget about me. Go to the Get a Life podcast and, and then uh, just find the contact information. Reach out to Cheryl and, and you'll be able to donate to their legal. So, yeah, any listeners who have gone, holy shit, I didn't know this existed. I'm pissed off. Um, is my rage impotent? No. Go to Get a Life podcast. <laughs> Your, your rage is standing straight up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mufak. Hey, what is it called again? Very close. Mufakak. Thank you so much, James, for your time. And this has been really Thank fun. You for having and um, uh, yeah, we'll. James, uh, can you do us a favor before we go? Can you wish our listeners a wonderful Mufakak in your own words? <laughs> uh, I would like to wish. Every listener out there who's listening, a wonderful Wafakak and a side order of STD. <laughs> How's that? Yay! Great. Thanks. That great. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. That was fun. <laughs> Just fighting down, baby. For capita export value. Library. Minister, are you embarrassed by your behavior today? There's a lot of bleeding hearts around. Do you have the fortitude or the gonads to stand up and come across here and say that to me, you son of a bitch? Just watch me. He certainly went too far, Mr. Speaker, when he st- I saw him stick his tongue out. Contemptuous disregard. More than a slab of bacon talking here. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. I lost my temper. What is the nature of your thoughts? The word was F-A-R-T. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey dear listener do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about canadian politics and history boy do we have a special fucking treat for you we've got our first ever official live show at a bar it's at two crows brewing on uh, brunswick street in halifax on sunday May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. 
If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there.